0: Hi, everybody. Eve Harrow, Rejuvenation, on the Land of Israel Network. On a beautiful Monday, I'm at the edges of the Judean desert. It is June 6th, the day after Shavuot, my favorite holiday, because I live around Bethlehem. I love cheesecake, I love flowers, and I love reading a book about women. So there you go. It's just like the best holiday ever. But today, I spent traveling around Judea, a good part of Judea, um, with Dr. Arnie Ziederman, whom I just met, but I feel like I've known for a long time. Has that ever happened to you? Yeah. Someone who's loved Israel for many, many years and has really devoted his life now to doing what he can uh, for Israel and also for his profession um, as a retired physician, but never really retired. So, Arnie, um, it's been great spending the day with you. And uh, I'm so glad that you got to Israel after many years of being away. And, of course, with COVID, you couldn't come when you wanted to. What do you think about today? And We took you to places in Judea that you'd never been. What's your sense? Well,
1: uh, even though this is my 10th trip, it's one of the best days of the 10 trips that we've had visiting in this wonderful place. I'm so honored and um, so pleased that I was able to make this journey because I've been wanting to get back here for several years. And like everyone else... Uh, living back in California, we, we haven't really been able to get out very much and certainly have not been able to travel. So um, hopefully that, that experience is behind us and we're all you and I and everyone listening is also thinking that uh, they want to get away. And this is a place that you might want to come to because not only it is it a, a, a starkly beautiful topographical area of the world, a historically a very significant place and, and a, a home of the Jewish people, a site of a tremendous uh, psychic and intellectual energy that is always felt when one visits here. It's always been my view that the uh, Jerusalem in particular is a, a very spiritual center, and usually when you're there, you're aware of the of the, the the high energy that that goes on when you visit. So, if you uh, if you're looking to be uh, inspired and learn, and feel uh, close to God, then uh, you might want to make a trip to Israel, and you might want to visit not only Jerusalem but some of the settlement areas of uh, to the south in Judea and to the north in Samaria. Uh, some places that I've been very fortunate not only have I been visited in those locations but even more important I've been hosted on a number of occasions by Eve and by, by Mark Provisor so um, I'm a pretty lucky guy mm-hmm. a pretty lucky guy to be here so uh, so I'll give you a little bit of a background as I said this is the, the tenth visit for me to Israel my first was in 1974 when I traveled from Heidelberg where I was serving in the US Army Medical Corps as an obstetrician gynecologist for uh, women, uh, wives, and, uh, and other personnel in Europe. I had my two years of service, so that means I'm a veteran. And that was a very interesting first trip because I was able to fly into Turkey on a, on a uh, Air Force flight, and then not being able to go to it directly to Israel, I had to go to Cyprus. And then I, uh, after a couple of days wait, uh, of waiting, I, I arrived in 1974 and uh, came to uh, Jerusalem, which is um, a very different place from what it was then. It mm-hmm. was a smaller and simpler city. Hotels were cheap. I only had to pay, <laughs> pay $5 a night for my host hotel at the Ron Hotel.
0: Well, that's not what you're paying no. now. No.
1: However, while well, I spent one night, I remember spending one night at the King David Hotel, and I really was not very comfortable there so I, I moved back to the little hotel down and I think they call it uh, in the square, Zion's, mm-hmm. Zion so Square which has, has its own historical significance mm-hmm. uh, during the uh, <coughs> the founding of the state so that was that was my first visit and uh, you know since there were so many of them to be honest with you I can't recollect elect every one of these, these journeys but um, I did have the fortune, good fortune in 1980 to to circumnavigate the, the globe when i was 38 years old and of course i came to israel and that was my first opportunity not only to to visit israel but also to go to uh, egypt and the nile and then return to israel and then over the years i've made uh, multiple uh, return trips so I'm, I'm pretty familiar with this place uh, <clears throat> one thing that impresses me is the uh, is the change that we've experienced over time. So I always tell people that I made a lot of trips to Israel, and what's really special about them is that everyone has been different. There's never been one that's been a repeat. I've done it with alone. I've done it with my wife. I've done it with groups, um, and every time somehow it always ends up being different. And, and this trip has been different. I've had an opportunity to visit Jerusalem to go to Tel Aviv, to go to the museum, the Israel Museum in Jerusalem, which is wonderful, uh, to meet uh, with uh, people that I have uh, previous relationships with while I'm here. And uh, also, most recently, uh, I had the opportunity to visit with with family, since I have a, a cousin and his daughters, all made Aliyah, and they're all very successful, wonderful people that contribute to contribute to the, the state of Israel, the economy of Israel. They're educated people, and uh, I've actually spent a couple of my days visiting family.
0: So even while you're not here, though, I know that your heart and mind are very much here, and you've been very active in the last few years, especially as— too many people don't understand what's going on here. Even turn against Israel on the college campuses and other places. What have you been doing? Because I think a lot of my listeners are also always looking somehow to help Israel in one way or the other, even when they can't be here physically. So, what are you up to these days that um, that other people could learn from, be inspired by, maybe even join you in your efforts?
1: Well, uh, well, thank you for that question. Um, so, uh, basically, there are. Uh, I'm retired from practice. Uh, as I said, I was an obstetrician gynecologist, and I practiced for about 40 years in uh, mostly rural areas in California, and the last um, 20 years, well, actually more than that, I retired in 2013, and the second half of my career was uh, 18 years living in a, a rural community in California in what we call the gold country in the Sierra Nevada. In the area between Lake Tahoe and Yosemite, so I think people can understand that. And um, when I got to a certain point in, in my career and and done a lot of different things, it was time to settle down, and I had a family and wanted to go to a place where I could raise my children. So I practiced as a solo doctor in a rural community, uh, and which is uh, has uh, some particular challenges of its own, but they're not particularly germane to the conversation today, but just giving you my background. And then, um, so a couple of things evolved from that. Um, one was that uh, <clears throat> once I retired, uh, it, it enabled me to, to do some uh, some uh, travel medicine. And I was able to go on uh, 10 different missions with groups of other doctors and nurses, where we traveled to a variety of overseas countries and uh, basically did surgery on, on women. Um, who didn't have any access to, to doctors because they didn't have any money and their countries uh, really didn't provide for them. Uh, countries like Ethiopia, the Philippines, Thailand, Nepal. Um, even, even when I went to Vietnam, I was quite surprised that, uh, that Vietnam, uh, the, the communist country, um, really didn't provide for people that didn't have any uh, resources. So that's one of the uh, several things that have evolved um, in, in these overseas journeys and has been very fulfilling to me to be able to not only travel but to take care of people that had no one else to look after them. And they're really great patients because they don't complain. <laughs> and it's a, always been a pleasure. So um, now, now that uh, we had the interruption of the, of the COVID uh, and I finished number 10 uh, mission and number uh, number 10 uh, trip to Israel. I guess number 10 has become an important number in my life, in my world. And the other thing that, um, that I wanted to share with everyone is that, that um, uh, I've been, over a period of time, um, I began to appreciate the, the, uh, the mental health Situation in the United States was something that needed uh, to be addressed, and I think it's pretty obvious to everybody now that we have a mental health crisis going on in our country. It's causing not only anguish for people and for families, but is al- is also costing lives. And um, I think it's very important that we find ways to address that. And the f- the first step in addressing it is uh, to raise the level of awareness. We're beginning to get there, and most people are knowing that we're having a lot of mental health crises and suicides. And it's not very unusual. Most people at this point kind of know somebody that mm-hmm. not only had died of COVID, but people also know other people that have been uh, victims <coughs> of the uh, mental health disorders. So um, that's been a focus. Um, I've been able to. Get things sort of rolling because I, I live in a in a small community in a rural area, and it's easier to get things done when you live in a small community than it is when you live in a big city, because the uh, the mayors are not able to get very much done, and the earl- the, the, the the steps that I've taken in regard to that was uh, number one uh, raising the level of awareness that you you can't you can't change anything and you can't get people. To, to do very much in, until they recognize that it's a problem so you have to start first with a with a recognition that there's a problem just like we recognize the infectious diseases and COVID are a problem and therefore we need to address we need to uh, address that and the same thing with uh, mental health so I think it's important that we spread the word <clears throat> that people uh, get beyond the stigma that people understand that um That uh, mental health is a disease of the mind just like as we have diseases of the body and it's nothing to be ashamed of Mm -hmm. it's just that like you're not ashamed if you for example you know have other type of a problem or a broken bone or a disease of your liver or you have kidney failure or you have heart failure that people have uh, disorders of their mind and their brain that unfortunately at this time we really don't understand So we have a big problem because um, we don't really understand the anatomy and we don't understand the physiology and we don't really understand the neurophysiology uh, of the mind. So obviously, if you don't understand that, you don't really know how to cure the disease. So we have to to begin to direct our resources, uh, both locally and the state and the national level, and this creates some type of a political interface. But if we want to make progress, and if you want to make progress, and if you're one of those people that can relate to this issue that I talked about in terms of a mental health crisis, you need to take a moment and start thinking about how you can work within your community. And my suggestion would be that you, that you start on the local level. And whether that's the local school or the school district or it's your church or synagogue or or the Rotary Group or whatever it is. These are the type of issues that we all need to be talking about. And once we start talking about it, then we get a little bit more comfortable and we begin to work and network with people and find the, uh, begin to have some political influence with our local elected officials and in the schools so that um, we can make some progress and hope to turn things around in regard to this overall situation so uh, that's uh, that's what I've been doing uh, aside from <clears throat> trying to travel again and coming back to this lovely land of Israel mm-hmm. with a great history and great spiritual significance to people and I'm just having a wonderful time and being taken around by, by two people by Mark Provisor and Eve Harrow who are very very knowledgeable, have a lot of expertise. Not only in the history, but in how you navigate around a place that at times can be safe. and You should feel safe here. I've never, I've never had a moment in Israel where I didn't feel safe. So if that's what's keeping you away, don't do that. Don't allow that to happen. You come here, you'll be protected, you'll be happy, you'll learn, you'll have a great experience. And if you can manage to come here, you should do that because you, you only live once and you don't want to miss out on this. So get on board.
0: So we've been talking during the course of the day about how so many people don't come here because they are afraid. And then, of course, their opinions about Israel are shaped by news outlets or others or university professors who either intentionally misrepresent what's happening here or just because they don't actually know. So I know that uh, you're concerned about that that you understand the tremendous friendship and and values that America and Israel share and the need to Keep that relationship very strong, Um, and you were telling me that that's some of what you're trying to do is encourage people of influence to also get over here and see for themselves, not through the filters of somebody else who maybe has a different agenda in mind, and how concerned you are about the political system. Maybe you can expand a little bit about that, not just on the you know on the national level, but on the state level, um, particularly in California, which is of course where you now live.
1: Uh, yes, so uh, that, that's that's a good that's a good point that you raise that um, what we need to um, find if you're politically active um, and and this is an issue of significance to you that you you need to bring that to the attention of your uh, elected officials that you have concern uh, for Israel uh, and uh, not only because it's good for Israel but it's it's good for America and I want to tell you that yesterday I drove down the coast of um, Israel, the west coast along the Mediterranean, beginning uh, uh, a little bit south of Haifa. And as you get further and further south, you get into the uh, Tel Aviv area. Before you get to Tel Aviv, we have uh, Petah Tikva. Mm-hmm. And I must say that I, I saw so much construction <laughs> going on in Israel. If you cannot believe what the economy is like here, There is construction going on, there is a strong, the Israeli shekel is very powerful. Uh, Israel is a leader in science and technology, and it's very important. We need them as an ally. Uh, We have a lot of companies that have facilities over in Israel There's a vigorous economy. And it's very good, not only for the Israelis, but it's good for the Americans. And that's a really important point to drive home, mm-hmm. that it's good. So we should have a close relationship with Israel because they're on the cutting edge of this new tech age in which we live. And we need allies like that.
0: Yeah. So and physically speaking, we're also right where some of the really bad guys who are threatening America are. And are able to also provide intelligence and provide all kinds of things, most of which we can't really talk about, to the Western world, and really be kind of the front line in many ways for the Western world—not uh, just the United States, North America, but also Europe and other places, because we kind of understand what's going on here in a way that others may not get. So, and again, being a democratic—and you know, we talk about—we've been talking about elections and politics and all that—and um, it's something that frazzles a lot of Israelis, our chaotic system. But within all that, there's a glimmer of pride that we have a very dynamic democracy. Sometimes it's a little too busy when there's discussions of elections every day. The fact is that the discussion happens and we're living in a part of the world where people can't have that discussion because they're living under military regimes or absolute monarchs or totalitarian leaders, where that discussion is way beyond the pale. And that's something that as an Israeli, I never forget or you know cease to appreciate um and i'm not sure that everybody appreciates being able to do that when you're in the states for example where you know no different but when you're here and you understand what's happening just a few miles away then it really hits home how precious those freedoms are and how we need to work very very hard to maintain them not just here but in the united states as well
1: yes indeed so um so you you need the listeners they need to think about this um your life is going to be a lot enriched and you're going to have great memories if you make the trip to Israel. Every, every person, there's a different, a different way and a different style for each person to do it. And for some people they just want to fly in and maybe rent a car and drive around or they want to come and they want to hitchhike and go to the desert or they want to go to the Galilee. Mm-hmm. For a lot of people. In uh, particular, Christians—they love coming to Israel.
0: You work with Christians, you? Uh,
1: and I have on a, on a number of occasions uh, uh, directly and spent the time here with them. And I think I often tell people that it's a really good way to make your first trip to Israel with with through your. Uh, your congregation Mm -hmm. whatever whatever your religion or whatever your belief that's a great way you'll be going with people that you're familiar with you'll have the camaraderie you'll feel secure but of course you may not want to do that you may just want to go on your own but i would encourage you to to make try to make a trip with a with with people that you know it's economically more feasible to do it that way it's what we call affordable and you 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 certainly um you're going to be really pleased if you have that opportunity Mm -hmm. so i hope that uh, that our conversation has has um uh, not only familiarized you with some of the other issues we talked about earlier in regard to the mental health crisis but also into the uh uh, the the spiritual fulfillment um, and uh, the, the lessons of history that you'll walk away from after making your trip so Find out how you can get here and do it as soon as you can. And you'll give you an opportunity maybe to come back another time.
0: So one of the side joys of guiding, which I'm thankfully back to doing and I love doing, is that I get to meet amazing people. I'm so privileged to be able to take people around Israel. It's never the same trip because it's never with the same people. And everyone sees it with their own eyes, whether it's through a particular religious filter or political filter or the food or it doesn't matter what it is or through a family experience. And uh, and being with, being with Arnie Ziederman today and being inspired by the things that he's doing, um, through a very, and he only really touched on a few things that he has done. Um, but to go to third world countries and perform, perform surgery on people who really, you know, he saved their lives. And uh, and I'm tremendously inspired by people who, I'm sorry, Arnie, they can't see you blushing, but um, who are able to take their skills and say, okay, now what good can I do beyond this? And even just to live in a small town and be the only doctor in the small town means you can't even just go away for the weekend. It's not like working in a big hospital. So, Um, I know that you made a lot of sacrifices along the way in order to really be the best doctor that you could be and impact as many lives as you could. And you're still doing that. I mean, you might have retired from medicine, but you certainly haven't retired from making the world a better place. And that is, for me, one of the foremost Jewish values. And, And it's wonderful to see that, wonderful to finally meet you after all this time. And uh, and to really feel like I've got a friend in California who's doing what he can. Well, for all of that.
1: For the kind words, Eve, and, and and for those of you that are are older, and I'm I'm one of them. You know, <laughs> when when people retire, you know they're often they're at a loss. They they they're often they're they're you, perhaps they've lost a spouse, or perhaps their children have grown up and moved away. As you, it's very common now for people and their children, particularly the ones that have a. A lot of education that uh, you know, they end up in Hong Kong and London and and Belgium and all places like that and, and often people tell me and and you know and it's really tough on them to to think about what they want to do in those retirement years so I, I got that one figured out and I know what I want to do and that's why I'm here and that's what I'm doing and this might be the right thing for you to do uh, to, um, to to add something new to your life uh, a visit it'll take you back through um, Many, many centuries of history. Mm -hmm. Um, You come here with someone like Eve, and she'll she'll load you up with more than you can handle. But uh, I think it's a great idea, and I hope that that I've had the opportunity to inspire some people to to make the journey. Mm -hmm. And when you do, I wish you the best. Okay.
0: All right, everybody. Um, that's it for today. Eve Harrow, Rejuvenation on the Land of Israel Network. Thanks to Ben and to Tabitha. Hitting the road all week. Lots going on. Um, a lot of lot of time to make up for to a great degree. But uh, there's so much going on here. As as Arnie said, so much building, so much life, so much verve. Kids everywhere. Huge cherry festival going on, just like a mile from my house. It's just uh, it can't be described. So I hope wherever you are, you're well and uh, you're getting ready for a hot summer, but that mainly that you're well and coming out of the last couple of years. And um, if you get a chance, at least plan the trip and then see where it goes. So take care, everybody, and goodbye for now. Shalom, everybody. This is Jeremy Gimpel from the Land of Israel Network, but also from the Land of Israel Fellowship. We have members from... 31 countries joining us every week, Sunday, live at 6 p.m. For those that can't make it live, they get a direct recording. Just go to thelandofisrael.com slash fellowship. We're growing together, we're learning together, we're celebrating together. The gates are open for all who want to come and join.